What's going on, my tile friends? How are you doing today? Hope you're having a great day. Happy uh, Wednesday, and I uh, hope you're having a good week. Getting over, getting into the week, I should say, getting over that hump day. Uh, we've got another great guest today, another interview with Keith Barnett out of uh, California, and he is a licensed C54 tile contractor out of California. He is also a CTI. Uh, he's going to tell us about that. We're going to talk about his businesses. He's also a licensed builder. Um, he's, he builds homes. He, he does remodeling. He also has a gym. He owns a gym. Uh, so he's into a lot of different things. He has employees. He's uh, growing his business. He's expanded. He's, uh, you know, brought it back down to size that's more manageable for him. So he's done a bunch of things uh, over the years. I've been watching him in, in the Facebook groups. I've been watching his work and his business business ethics and he's really an interesting guy really a humble guy uh, a lot of you know him a lot of you have seen him he's got uh, um, some tattoos I, I think the cti number on his neck so he's recognizable and so i'm excited to have keith on the show today it's somebody i've been wanting to interview for a while actually and uh before i bring him on i just want to thank the ntca for continuing to sponsor this podcast the national tile contractors association if you haven't checked them out look into them for your business i also want to thank Ladacrete International for sponsoring this episode. Ladacrete uh, makes a ton of great products. They just launched a few products. Uh, we'll talk about that probably later in the week. Uh, but let me bring my guest on today. Hi, Keith. How are you? Good, Luke. How are you doing? Doing good. Thank you. So how's your day looking? Where are you at? Um, I came to my gym because it's uh, I got high-speed internet down here, and I didn't want to be cutting in and out on you guys while I was communicating with you guys. But uh Basically got up this morning at about 4.30 this morning, um, came down here, did a little workout, that kind of routine, then went back home, did some paperwork for a couple hours, and then did the interview with you guys, and then I got to head out and go finish that uh, never-ending subway tile bathroom that I've been working on. I feel like I've been there for like three months. Yeah. And then after that, check on the construction guys, go order some windows, and go home and be a father and a, a family man after. That's That's the plan, man. You got a lot going on. It sounds like you're in a good routine, uh, you know, up early, getting your workout done, getting your work going. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Uh, you're an inspiration to a lot of people. You know, you've you've transformed your life, uh, you know, and, and you share that. You share, you know, personal stuff on your page. Um, let's talk about that. Let's let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, take us back to kind of the start of your business. Did you start as a tile installer? I know you have a couple licenses. No, um, I started 15, almost a little over 15 years ago. Well, I started in construction when I was 14 years old. I've been a firefighter and a um, laborer for construction since I was 14 years old. My stepfather owned a construction company in, in Redding, California, and I used to pack floor joists at uh, 14 years old. Um, what happened is I just did construction and fighting fires my whole life, and I'm a very outspoken um aggressive kind of person. I don't hold things back. I was always taught by my father to basically speak your mind and, mm. and don't let anybody tell you not to do what you want to do. And I was always the fall guy for a lot of people in construction, just because I, the way I look, my persona, um, people are just, they'd fire you. Okay. Get rid of him. He just looks like another guy that's been incarcerated his whole life. You know what I mean? Um, cause all this stuff's been here since I was a kid. Um, but the main thing was, is I always just wanted to learn. And if you respect me, I respect you. If you disrespect me, it's a whole different ball game. And that's just, that's the way I've been taught and raised my whole life. So I was always getting fired and getting in trouble and stuff for 
speak in my mind in construction. And construction, as most people know, is a rough community. I mean, a lot of guys are, are rough in the industry and stuff. So I grew up that way. And uh, I just got tired of getting being the downside of it. And I mean, a whole bunch of years into construction, I was like, I've been doing this from foundation to finish work. And one of the one of the big important things to me that I want to put out there to people is I was taught on custom homes. I was never taught on track homes. We were never taught piece. I mean, I know what piece work is and I've done it and stuff, but we were taught on two to five million dollar homes. So Mm In, in my industry of where I'm at and where I've been taught and stuff, we learn track home mentality and speed on custom high-end stuff. So we would blow out $3 million homes the time it would take somebody to blow out a track home and things of that nature. So I was wow. very gifted by the people that taught me. They were very informative, um, very old school, very uh, just typical, your old style that doesn't exist anymore. So... I really respected that. And I took that for a run and I was a, a pretty rough guy growing up in my life um, in and out of incarceration in and out of all kinds of bad things in life and everything. And one thing I always did though, no matter what I partied till two, four o'clock in the morning or didn't even go to sleep that day, I would get up and go to work. I, I would be at work no matter what. And everybody always said that I had the group that I ran with before I really started to change my life was, uh, no matter what, man, you were at work. You, yeah. yeah. You look, you were with us all night and then we turn around and look again and you're gone. And it was like, well, Hey, I mean, Gotta I didn't have people to pay my bills. I didn't have people to, to donate to, I didn't have roommates and things like that. I, I mean, I grew up, I lived under a bridge for a year and a half of my life in Redding, California. So I just basically slept in a sleeping bag when I got off work, went to a buddy's house, took a shower. And then my boss would pull up at the end of the bridge on the Hartnell and uh, Bocelli right there and honk the horn at six in the morning when I worked for a landscape company to get in the truck. So my history is kind of deep like that, but I mean, all I've ever done is just worked. I I love to work. I love, it, it helps you, get things off your mind. It gives you something to focus on. It gives you something to have appreciation for, and it gives you something to put your heart and soul into. And when you grow up with not many people respect you because of how you were and stuff like that, and you start to change your life by showing the quality and the perspective you have, I mean, that's been the biggest drive to me other than my son being born 10 years ago and stuff. But, uh, I mean, it's just been a hustle. I took my streets, my street smarts and my street hustle my whole entire life and started, uh, evolving it into a a legitimate real business. And then I just started surrounding myself with positive people, man. I started uh, looking, looking at the ones that didn't go anywhere and weren't going to go anywhere. And I started looking at the ones that weren't making excuses and we're making things happen. So I just started following those people, man. And the story continues on. I mean, I could sit here for four or five days telling you about my life story and what? stuff, but <laughs> I, I'd rather, rather answer questions to you yeah. guys. And well, listen, you- if you don't mind, let's talk about the homeless situation. Um, living under <laughs> a bridge, you know, and now, you know, you, you own a nice home, you own, you own several businesses. Um, what I, I've hired a homeless guy in the past. Um, you know, he, he was willing to show up and work. Uh, he was an alcoholic, you know, and he, he was honest about that. And, uh, but he showed up every morning, like you're saying, and when, when, when it's hard to find employees and and you find somebody, um, and, and you can have an honest conversation with them, 
and, and put them to work. There's nothing, you know, wrong with that. Um, certainly, uh, I hope it helped him on his, you know, journey to kind of change his life. Um, how did that, you were, you were homeless, but you were working, your, your, your employer was picking you up kind of under the bridge, um, knew your circumstances. How, so where did you go from there? How did you get out from under that bridge? What was the next step? Uh, I had options. I had friends that allowed me to stay. Like I had a buddy who kind of had like a, a trap house kind of style thing, but it was like all, all hands on deck, but there's only so many room for so many screw ups, you know what I mean? And uh, he had a couch in his backyard and I tried that for a little while and I, I was just peaceful, man. I would go, go to work, work my butt off in the sun all day doing landscaping and, and constructional things and stuff, do roofing. And then I would get dropped off. And I mean, I'm on the Sacramento River. It was a little sandy area underneath the bridge. It was peaceful. I'd get off work and jump in the river, change real quick, and then run up to my buddy's house, which was like a couple blocks away and hang out for a couple hours or watch a movie or something like that. And then I'd walk back down to my spot, crawl into my sleeping bag. I had a really expensive high temperature Kelty bag and my sleeping bag and, and stuff. So I would just do that. I kept all my clothes and stuff at my buddy's house in his garage. And I would just basically take what I needed for the day and things like that. So it was kind of, I mean, in, in a one sense, it, it taught me how to, uh, where I'm at now. I have a lot of planning to work because of the, um, everything supplies wise is within an hour and a half where I'm at now. So in one way it, it started me already on my planning of the day, even though I was a screw up that lived underneath the bridge and was homeless and all this other stuff. But uh, I just kept working, man. I kept working and kept working and didn't spend my money on realistic stuff that I didn't need or materialistic stuff. And I saved up about, I don't know, $2,000. And then I started looking for apartments and stuff. And, uh, I got my first apartment with my brother and uh, just lived there in the same thing. We lived like animals and rock stars and stuff. But every day I got up and went to work. I mean, yeah. Yeah. it was it was it. I had to pay the bills, had to have had to have the power on, had to have the water on and things of that nature. So I just kept grinding, man. I took I, I just it's always I've always done that. Just take my street smarts to the, the business side of it. But uh mainly it started off my life really i mean i was a really aggressive um violent individual that worked when i was younger um i did ult my ultimate fighting stuff but kind of in that scenario of like casino brawls and and underground backyard stuff and garage fights and stuff like that uh, for different organizations of goofballs for entertainment and stuff but it really wasn't until uh um I decided to come to Quincy. I got locked up for some stupid stuff I did. Um, it was in sure I got caught with a, a pistol and all kinds of other things. And I ended up doing some time. And when I got picked up out from being doing time, my parent, my mom actually picked me up, my dad, and they had a U-Haul packed. And I never really, I, I didn't live with them because of that. I mean, I left my home when I was like 14 years old on my own. And my mom and dad were just watching me go downhill with my brother and stuff. And, uh, they showed up the day that I got out of the incarceration and walking out those doors, man, they're sitting right there. And my dad said, well, we're moving and we're taking you with us. And they moved to Quincy where I'm at now, which is this little dinky mountain town in the middle of California. And I was like, where the heck are we going? I was like, I, I was already had a plan to get out, go find my bros and yeah. get back to doing what I was doing. But they're no, wow. we're going to Quincy. Wow. 
and I, I mean, I was an adult, so I had, a, I had choices and stuff, but I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll see what you got. So we came up here and the first thing I, I wasn't even here two hours and I got in a fight with some dude in the, in the parking lot at Safeway. So I was like, well, here we go. This wasn't a good thing, but, uh, it took a long time, man. I was on a bad path my whole life. And at this whole time I was in and out of construction, in and out of roofing, in and out of uh, firefighting, because what I would do is I would fight fire all summer long because mm-hmm. you would just get on a fire crew and you leave and you're gone for 16, 20 days at a time. Wow. And then uh, I'd get back from the fire crews and, and then we'd shut down for the season because of winter. And then I'd go jump on a construction crew and do cleanup or framing or whatever we were doing. And uh, it was, I, I, I still, I mean, to this day, I look back and I wish uh, there's a lot of things I would never change in my life, but there's a lot of things I would have because uh, it, it took a lot. It took um, quite a bit of bad things to happen in my life for me to wake up and realize that I was running off an egotistic life. It was all about me. I didn't care about the people around me. I didn't care about my friends. Um, I was in the bars every night drinking and partying and fighting and stuff. And, and it just wasn't good. And then one day all my friends basically quit hanging out with me and I was sitting at home and I'm like, man, nobody's texting me. Nobody's wanting to go get a bottle of Jack or anything like that. You know, nobody wants to go to the river. And, uh, I realized it. I was like, I talked to my good buddy, Ryan and Ryan Hayes. He moved over to, uh, Atlanta a couple of months ago with his family. He said, man, he's like, I'm just going to tell you, man, uh, you're going to get somebody killed or you're going to end up killing yourself. You know, we don't want to be part of it. He's like, you're, you're a wild child, man. There's nothing we can do to, to give you any kind of advice. You're just F the world and you fight anybody and you're just, you're, we don't feel safe with you anymore. Yeah. And at that time I was just like, yeah, whatever. And you guys go do your own thing. Screw you guys kind of attitude. And I sat by myself for a couple of weeks, man. I started thinking about everything I've been in life. And I was like, man, those are the people that have actually stuck by my side. And they're telling me that something's wrong with me. So it took me a little while to sit there and realize, man, that my family and friends were, were trying to give me, give me advice, you know? And I was just, it was the first time really in my life that I said, man, I really need to, I need to stop. I'm going to hurt somebody, you know? And then I, I met my wife. She was a bartender, um, at the local establishment here. And I was, I, I had a pretty, pretty wild run with her for the first couple of years too, partying and stuff, but I mellowed out quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, she, I mean, she saved my life because the people I grew up with in Shasta County, man, they're out of a group of about 20 of us. There's probably five, the rest are dead or in prison for the rest of their lives right now. So, and it, it was just, my wife really changed. She changed everything about me. She showed me confidence, appreciation, um, love. I, I really, growing up, I really never had that. You know what I mean? My, yeah. my dad always, he, he loves me to death, but he's same thing as me. He's always working, always gone, comes home at seven o'clock at night, goes to bed at, or comes home at seven o'clock, gets up to go to work at five in the morning. So I didn't see him that often. I'd see him possibly for dinner and things. My mom was a nurse and always in and out too and stuff like that. So I wasn't really, didn't really have the family life. So my girlfriend gave me that. And, uh, basically I started looking at the people around me cause I was in a small area and everybody was very judgmental and I can, I mean, I can understand because I did a lot of stupid stuff and, and I had a reason to be judged, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, I don't know. I started looking at it and I was like, I got to change. And I worked for this really high end contractor and he had an 80 year old guy who worked for him. That was our foreman. And he'd always just blame me for everything. So I finally just lost it and I quit. I was like, I'm done. I'm just going to go get my license. I've been doing this my whole life. I can do the same thing, man. I don't need you blaming me because you're too incompetent to do your job anymore. I'm out. Yeah. So I left. I, I, I shut down everything. I just jumped in my truck, drove home, told my wife I quit my job and I'm going to go take my contractor's license. And she said, I mean, most people would be like, you're a fool. You got a job. You got your bills paid. And she said, is that what you want to do? I said, yeah. I was like, I can do it. And she was like, anything I've seen you put your mind to, you can do it. So awesome. you go do it. And I did. I just paid for paid for the classes, did the studying and stuff and went down and took the test. And it was devastating because the first time I took the GC test, I actually failed the law part of it. But I knew I knew the trade like no, no worries. So I was like, oh, the law can't be too bad. But then come to find out. California is more about liability than it is the actual trade. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had to wait a couple months and then study the law a little bit more for all the RMOs and all that stuff and sole proprietors and the legalities of everything. And then I went down there and passed it. And that was the starting of a whole new world, man. At that point in time, I was like, okay, now I'm a business owner. I can't be at the bars knocking people out. I can't be at the bars getting knocked out. I can't do this kind of stuff. I've got to... Yeah. <laughs> These people are going to have me in their house. You know, I can't, I can't do this stuff anymore. So I started, started thinking. And at this whole time I've done martial arts and, and, um, combative sports and stuff like that as well. But I wasn't really stepped into it too deep. I was just working and working and working. And I was pretty fortunate who I, who I ran with construction wise, cause they were all really qualified, good, educated people. So that's really where we get to at that point, man. I'll let you ask some questions or talk. Well, to first of all, man, what a transformation. I appreciate you uh, sharing that. Uh, I, I believe that this is going to help a lot of people and give people inspiration. Uh, because anybody can do it. Anybody know? can do it, man. And let's face it, you know, being in the trades, uh, like, like Keith, like myself, I got in real young. And if you've been in the trades 10 years uh, or longer, uh, you've seen some some crazy people in, in the trades. You know, you bounce around. You know, a lot of us have had similar experiences as Keith. You know, I, I I never you know was homeless or anything like that. But I've seen I've seen what you're talking about, so I can relate to it. And I know a lot of people that are listening and, and going to be listening to this on the podcast can relate to this. So first of all, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, it's inspirational. It, it really is. What. How long ago did you get that GC license? Was that like 10 years ago or less or more? No, I've had my, I've had my contractor's license now for 15 years. Okay. Okay. I've had, I've started my own, I started my own business right about 15 and a half years ago. Okay. So I, I think the takeaway for me here is anybody watching too, uh, feel free to ask Keith or, or myself questions. But um, the takeaway, you know, for me is hard work, perseverance, perseverance. Uh, you know, you found a good woman, someone to believe in you, someone to, you know, give you confidence. I mean, I've experienced that myself, what a change that can be. Um, and, and just somebody to believe in you and say, go chase your dreams, do it, uh, you, you know, and, and then we're going to just kind of fast forward to more modern times where, you know, your business, you know, I, I, I'm certain you've, you've had all the same struggles everybody's had over the last 15 years, you know, growing, expanding, California taxes, every, et cetera, et cetera. Let's talk a little bit about like when you started getting to the point where you're hiring people, uh, you're getting your name out there and, and it, was it Quincy you said? 
Yes, yes. You're getting your name in Quincy, and people are starting to like look to you as a as a builder they can trust and and like and know and hire. What was the next kind of evolution? Did you start hiring lots of people to to work under you? I I had a couple people that I worked with that are friends of mine in the in the other construction things that, that were subcontractors as generals too. And we would just team up and get projects done. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got one guy that's worked with me damn near almost 12 years now. Um, he is more like a father figure to me. He's in his sixties and we've been together a long time. He, he ran 60, 70 people construction tracks in Los Angeles growing up and stuff. So, I mean, his construction experience was insane. And when I was doing construction for a company I worked for, he was always driving by with his own company. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point in life where he was tired of doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. So he wanted to go to work for somebody. Yeah. He still had his GC license. So he just stayed a licensed contractor and he's incorporated. So I just came to a thing to where I 1099 him. And it's been that way for 12 years. And I mean, it's been awesome. But uh, yeah, I've had a lot of employees. I mean, it, it's hard because where I came from and what I've done, I've always tried to help other people and with helping other people comes a lot of problems because there's a lot that don't want to help themselves yet. So you put your neck out on the line, being somebody who relates to people of that nature and you open up your heart, which growing up the way I did, you never do. You don't show your weakness because people could use it against you. Mm. Um, which has changed my whole life. I mean, now I have a whole different, uh, thought process on that now but uh so i got burned by a lot of people i got a lot of tools stolen i got in a lot of altercations with people over stealing stuff people lying to me time-wise stuff like that so i started trying to research how to make a well-oiled machine work Mm. and i did a lot by construction knowledge and construction estimating books a lot of reading way before all this stuff jumping online and looking at 2% of the actual factual information before you say, you know it, you know what I mean? Um, So I started looking at the ways people estimate stuff from foundation to finish work, the availability of estimating something with the, you want to say allowance for plumbing fixtures for lighting fixtures and stuff of that nature. And then it came down to where people were asking me, they're like, well, we want a price for this house. And it's like, well, I can give you a basic price, but if you pick a uh, $20,000 bathtub, it's not going to go. You right. know what I mean? Right. My thing with construction and evolving with employees and stuff was just being a hundred percent honest with everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the 15 years of doing construction, I've had one client that wasn't happy because I was taught in building that you do everything right. You do everything correct. And if you can't do it, you research how to do it. And if it's not correct, you make it correct while you make money on it or not. And I've never advertised a day in my life except for Facebook and sweatshirts and t-shirts. Mm. That's all I do. I don't put my ads in the paper and there's political reasons here because the guy that owns the paper is best friends with another contractor and they charge you like, 400 bucks for an ad this big. And then every turn of the papers got his ad this wow. big and it was free. So it was, it, it was kind of one of those, uh, you had to, had to play with it to kind of find out, yeah, but I've had, I've had young employees. I've had older employees. I've had criminal employees. I've had straight laced employees. And when it comes down to it, business and friendship is very hard to keep separate. Mm. Um, 
and employees get comfortable because in my surroundings, I treat all my friends like family. You know what I mean? So I'm buying guys lunch. I'm joking with guys at certain times. I'm paying guys hours to hang out and bullshit as I teach them stuff. But then there's times to excuse my, I got to watch the language thing, but uh, there's times where you got to get down and get dirty with it. You know what I mean? And it's like a concrete truck shows up and there's 10 of them in a line. It ain't time to sit here and discuss what, what we did the day before it's put your concrete boots on grab your screen yeah. let's put some mud you know yeah, yeah. And, i mean roofing siding all that kind of stuff so over the years i've kind of weeded through people and found the ones that can keep business and friendship separate but also can joke around screw around have a good time but when it's time to get down time to get down i mean we all we all make money off of this we're all here to pay our bills and stuff this isn't uh this isn't Sunday Brady's camp or something like that. So it's like, it's been a hard chance, man. It's been, it's been hard for me to deal with that over the 15 years. My body is torn. I mean, from, from combative fighting most of my life and martial arts and then construction tile. And a lot of people don't know too, but I own a concrete resurfacing company as well. I have all Mm. the grinders, shot blasters, all that stuff. But the way the world is right now, it's hard to find people to work. So we basically have the equipment and me and my business partner will like do our flipper houses and stuff with it. Or if we get a good job for the County or a big square footage job, we'll do it, but we don't advertise it because it's all chemically uh, um, put together. So Mm -hmm. if somebody, if somebody screws up the chemistry and putting together one of these products, you could easily have to tear out a 5,000 to a hundred thousand square foot floor or resurface on the concrete refinishing side. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we leave, we leave that alone unless it's a, unless it's a beneficial job for yeah. both of us yeah. to go knock out for a couple of days. Um, employees for construction. One of the biggest things I've learned is teaching people there's a time and a place for it. And I was taught if you don't show up early or late, I mean, I, I bought my own tools at my first couple of years. I had skill saws, my ladders, my everything. I mean, the industry this day and age, guys show up and they want everything. They mm-hmm. want, they want a top. I mean, they, they get on here and they watch a uh, global tile posse or they, they the tile money, the groups and stuff and all the other groups. And they see these guys with all the top equipment and stuff and they show up on a job and they don't even know how to cut a piece of tile. And well, your saw is crap. Well, no, my, I mean, I learned on a saw that didn't have a nice sliding table with all these water jets and, and yeah. strippers dancing around on the poles and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> the snappers were basically yeah. non-existent and stuff. So it's like, I just think the, the mentality of people this day and age that haven't worked for it need to go back and sit down and work for it before they get handed it to them. I mean, we all yourself was a tile contractor probably still are. I mean, all the other guys in the industry, we started where I started and it's especially hard for me to start in a gutter and work my way up now to where I've got, I own three homes. I own a gym, all the stuff I've built and stuff. I've got two storage units full of all my tile stuff, a trailer construction stuff. I mean, trailers everywhere. It's like I worked for all this stuff. I didn't just have all this stuff when I started. Yeah. It's been hard for me to find guys that appreciate it. I, I supply everything you can think of from foundation to finish work on a construction job. And that's just my construction jobs. Tile jobs, I've got every laser, snap cutter, five, six different tile saws, all the suction cups, three, four different leveling systems. 
10 different Milwaukee cordless grinders with every head attachment you can think of. And I mean, it's like I show up at a day when I let the guys work and I come, everything's covered in thin set. Everything was just destroyed. There's dust all over everything. I mean, I've got Milwaukee blowers, cordless blowers. I got vacuums. I got pressure washers. It just takes that much time to appreciate something. And that was my biggest thing with having employees is nobody appreciated anything unless they bought it themselves. But as Mm. soon as they bought it themselves, it was like, don't touch my tool. You got a job <laughs> site and you pick up their tool and they're like, hey, hey, hey. And it's like, oh, yeah. oh I can't use your tool. Yeah. Okay. Make sure you wipe that off. It's like, okay, okay. And you just, and arguing with people isn't what you want to do because it's a waste of energy. I mean, right. it's more, you learn each individual person by the interactions you have with that person. I've got best friends in the world, man, that I've gone and done huge construction projects with that are like, oh, bro, we get done, man. You saved my butt. I'll give you a bonus. Thanks, dude. I'll throw you 5,000 bucks, something like that. We get done. He goes out and buys his wife a new car, his kids, new bikes and stuff. And just tells me, thank you. Yeah. I don't, I don't hold that against him. I just, I learned from that lesson. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I've done in construction and title my whole life is I've just, Whatever's been somewhat a negative process, I learned from. Okay, I can't hold that against that person. That's just how that person is. Mm -hmm. But can I work with that person? Can I continue to do this? No, I can sit and drink beer with this dude all day long or go barbecue and take the boats out with the family. But I can't work with him because that's not how I see things done, you know. So it's just kind of taught me the employees has been a really hard thing, man. My whole struggle with construction has been employees and having um, having the right ones. I mean, every I'd have to say percentage wise, I've only got about 20 percent of my time in 15 years that my employees did something I didn't have to go back and fix and tile. Tile is a big, hard thing for me because like following a lot of people, I mean, there's some amazing artists out there. I mean, tile has become, it's not just slapping, slapping tile on a wall anymore. I mean, tile has became an art in my opinion. And I like to put my detail on everything and I screw up stuff all the time. I mean, I'm a hack. Don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll, but, but the thing is, is the, the longevity of doing tile, you know, where you can leave something and where you can't leave. Something. Right. Right lippage and stuff. I mean, you never want lippage, especially if you're posting stuff on social media, because you'll get all your soul <laughs> buttons out there going, what's that? And yeah. they're all pointing at it and, and things of that nature. But you learn over a time what you can leave and what you can't leave. So when you show up and somebody's already so deep into a project, but you see a mess up, that's another thing I've came really good at in my life is I'm a problem solver. Mm. I mean, take the energy that you're going to take to yell at somebody, throw a fit, throw tools across the shop, throw, just be a problem. You could have took that energy and found, found a problem and then took a solution and made that problem go away. And with tile, I mean, you can do all kinds of things. You can pull it off the wall. You can go over the top of it. You can pull tiles and grind them down. There's so much different manipulation in the tile. And I've learned that from working with so much wood and concrete products and stuff, but it's been hard for me, man. This last year, I told myself, I told myself two years ago, I wasn't going to do this anymore. I I remember that. I was going to do my own thing and, and do this and do that. But the phone kept ringing. Yeah. And I answer the phone and people are like, well, when are we going to start my audition? Well, yeah. I'm going to set you up with my other buddy because we're six, eight months out right now. And 
course, coronavirus has screwed my schedule up massively too. But, and these people would tell me, no, we want to wait for you. Mm. So it's like, do I just tell them, no, I'm not doing it no more? Or do I say, okay, but then I feed, feed a bunch of other people in the business and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's not only yeah. my mouth that I'm feeding <laughs> and that's the hard thing. So being, um, you got to run soon or? No, nah, you're good. Just one of the guys that comes into the gym, comes in all the time. He just walked in and just said, I don't. You, uh, uh, being that you're a thinker and somebody who likes to learn from experiences, even the negative experiences in life, you, it seems like you flip them and look at the positive side of it. Um, what are you, what are you doing differently now with employees, training, um, any, like, what are you applying from all your experience in the last 20 years, uh, in construction and, uh, life in general that you're, you know, you, you can help somebody kind of, you know, apprentice them, you know, teach them, nurture their, you know, are, are, have you had it, you know, you, I, I know you've had good experiences with employees and workers. Um, can you highlight some of those? Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I mean, the way I grew up, it was always, you work for what you get. Your worth is what your worth is. Nowadays, we have to flip side that a little bit. And it's more you have to give somebody something to appreciate themselves, which in the beginning, I was kind of, it's totally against everything I've ever right. learned or ever taught. So it was hard for me to take that in. But it, it was one of those things to where I had to take my thought process out of it and learn. Because if you don't, then you just become a hard-headed old sucker that gets passed up by the industry and passed up by technology. I love it. So. And my idea was like, okay, I give a guy, I started doing apprenticeships with certain people. I'd take them to Schluter classes and things of that nature. And I would uh, buy them tools, buy them like a cordless grinder, buy them a, a drill set or something like that and give them something to appreciate and give them jobs. I mean, a lot of people, when I grew up, I mean, you couldn't touch you couldn't start tiling in a bathroom until you had at least four to five years experience of cutting tile, right. mixing mud, cleaning up job sites and stuff of that nature. So I started letting guys tile showers within like a year and saying, and just watching them standing above them and not picking shit out or excuse me, picking stuff out, but more uh, stopping them and saying, Hey, wait a minute. Now, if you did that, if you manipulate that a little bit this way, or if you do this a little bit that way, and I mean, it was a lot easier, I think, tile education wise, because of spot bonding back in the day, you could just add more mud. But I mean, if you go from a quarter trowel to a half trowel to a three quarter trowel, there's ways you can still get a full coverage, but manipulate the wall structure. And that goes into a whole different aspect, like of, of proper prep and stuff. But I started getting guys that I was showing them appreciation towards their value of my job. I would give instead of just having a guy pick up nails or having a guy shoot nail nail off the shear i tell one guy okay we're building all these custom alder beams in this building and i'm gonna let you work with this person and you are gonna be the one that constructs these beams and they would take initiative into that and it would be something of their own so they would appreciate it plus i don't pay my guys garbage i mean i can't in california the lowest i pay an employee even a starting employee is 15 to 18 dollars an hour right I mean, somebody who's got a couple of years experience, they're 20, 25 bucks an hour. My journeymen that aren't contractors are 35, 40 bucks an hour. My contractors are 50 to 65 bucks an hour. So you do the math on yeah. that going out every two weeks. And it's like, you have to, you have to have a revolving door of business coming in and out. 
but I learned just to show people appreciation of their value to my job site. And then when I get, uh, get credit in, in the community on social media, the stuff like that, I can't do this without my crew. You right. know what I mean? Right. I, I didn't do that shower. That that shower was done by this person. I instructed them how to do stuff. I told them how to, to miter this and shave this and work to your lines, things of that nature. But I let them feel the appreciation value of people saying, Hey man, nice job. Hey, I would have tried to do this. I, I warned all my, all my people that got on all the tile groups. I said, man, you got some of the tops world's people installing tile on here. So some are going to be trolls, but some are going to give you advice and, right. and try to help you educate yourself. So don't take it personal because they will eat you and spit you out. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, I, I seen a lot of more um, appreciation and people were showing up on time and stuff like that in the beginning. But then as time goes on, that would drop off and it would go back to the same old stuff, except they'd have tools that I bought them and they'd have more appreciation. They'd make more money. But it was like I never even started the apprenticeship kind of thing. And I had paperwork signed that they couldn't uh, go work for a competitor for up to five years, things of that. They had to stay with me for a certain period of time. I was trying to do more of the reach out to the community of the tile industry to see how other people were approaching this situation as well, because it seems like it's a worldwide pandemic of trying to find <laughs> trying to find uh, yeah, no people to work you know what i mean that A real that pandemic really won't work so it, it's been interesting i mean I, I it was hard though it's hard here because i live in a town where there's only I don't know, roughly 5,000 people in Quincy. And then all the surrounding towns are five to 7,000 people too. So it's like, you only have so many resources. People mm -hmm. aren't going to drive from Reno an hour and a half to work here for 25 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. So at one point you have to bite your tongue sometimes and let people get away with things. But on the other hand, that gives them leniency to continue to keep doing that stuff. Mm -hmm. But then when you recommend or when you reprimand somebody for doing something bad and you hold them accountable, they get all ticked off and get mad and all this stuff. So it's, it's a super thin line. I mean, it's not like big industry where you're just like, you're out of here. The next guy with the hat sitting in lines, ready to go to work, you know, mm -hmm. your, uh, your availability is very limited to, to quality help around here. And, yeah. uh, a lot of the guys all know each other. So we all bounce back. One of my guys, Jason, he works for five other contractors, whoever's got a big job at the time, right. he goes and works for him, you know? So, yeah. The employee thing's been, I mean, you can probably not see it that much, but it's definitely put a lot of gray hair on this head. That's for sure. <laughs> it's, it's, it's aged. Uh, aged yeah. You're, you're in a, you're in a different spot. In fact, I, I would like to talk about that too. Like living up there in Quincy. Um, I, you already kind of told us how you landed there. Uh, but it's a unique, you know, California is so large. It's so, it's so unique. Um, most people throughout the country think of LA or San Francisco, but you have all these small towns and these, you know, mountain villages and, and little cities, uh, and you're really secluded, you know, like, like Keith said, an hour and a half from Reno or, you know, any a large city. Um, and it does, you know, create a problem because there's a lot of nice homes up there. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, people wanting nice homes, remodels, new homes, but the, the workforce is, is in, is lacking, you know? So, um, in one way, uh, is it beneficial for for your business? I mean, because there's not I, a lot I of competition, mean, right? 
It's weird. There's a whole bunch of contractors up here, but I try to tell people all the time, man. I, I argue with people on the chat groups all the time and stuff too. It's like, who cares if people are going underneath you doing stuff incorrectly or incorrectly and, and, and undercutting you and stuff. Eventually that stuff's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. And somebody who stands by their quality and their loyalty towards people and stuff, you're going to get a call to fix that. It might not be this year. It might not be next month. could be five, 10 years down the road. But if you stay with what you do professionally and correctly, they're going to call you. They're going to yeah. see the quality of work you put out from social media, from pictures of friends, I mean, I walked into a shower the other day that I had to redo. I know the guy that did it two years ago and like the mosaics looked like he took, they were just a bunch of little two by two glass mosaics, a four inch by 12 inch pieces in a um, accent chest height. And it looked like he put the mosaics in about an inch of mud and just pushed it in with his finger. I mean, they were so uneven and and, and level. I was like, wow, but I wasn't going to, it's not my job to tear somebody apart and say this wasn't installed correctly. And and who did this? You know what I mean? I just go in there professionally and say, look, ma'am, the reason you have all these dark lines around your grout line is because they use the cementous grout in the change of planes. I mean, you need to use the siliconized that allows for flex or, uh, um, expansion and contraction and things of that nature. And, and you just dissect you dissect the things and, and hit them with intelligence and education of what you do. And they appreciate that. Mm-hmm. It's not, and you got to be careful though, too, because arrogance and ego and confidence, there's, there's thin lines between oh, yeah. that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you got to be very, very careful with that stuff. But I mean, and there's all kinds of walks of life. I deal with certain people because they like my personality. They like my honesty, my loyalty. My, I look people in the eye, shake their hand. I mean, I'm, I'm very professional, very respectful towards people because the way I grew up. So some people hire me for that reason. Um, people will hire you because your political reasons, people will hire you because of your height reasons. People will hire you because you don't have tattoos. People will hire you because you do have tattoos. So there's so many walks of life, so many opportunities for everybody in construction. Mm. I, I don't nitpick at people. I, I mean, you give me a bid, I give them a bid. I justify my bid. You justify your bid. That person's going to pick who they want to work with. It's mm. like, I did a lot of, I did a lot of direct marketing and sales when I was younger. And I used to work for ACN and stand up on a stage in front of thousands of people in a suit and tell them my story because it was such really? inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the first time I walked out in front of five to 7,000 people and had to explain what I did, I was, it was, I was like, uh, first thing I thought was think of everybody naked. No, that didn't work. Um, just try not to plumber. And I was like, I'm just looking at everybody and there's big screens up above me. And I'm like, man, wow, this is really uncomfortable. And the whole crowd just started laughing. So it just, it made me comfortable and it made me how to relate to people. I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit up here and feed you a line of crap. I'm just going to tell you, what I've experienced in yeah. that's helped me with construction. I mean, there's so many walks of life. There is a lot of people here and a lot of contractors, but there's so many different people for different, different reasons, you know? So, I mean, with all the construction going on, I'd say there's 25 plus contractors here mm-hmm. and we all know each other. So it's like, we see each other wave at each other and stuff of that nature. We don't, some underbid, some are kind of shady, but it's like I go back to the positive over the negative thing. I learned that. So I don't yeah. deal with those guys. I just wave at them because I'm in a small community kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, if yeah. that answers your question. Yeah. I, you know, before we wrap it up here, I would like to kind of circle all the way back, you know, to 
um, kind of, you know, finding peace, uh, quieting those anger, angry thoughts, um, you know, controlling your anger, uh, changing your mindset. Uh, you know, Ken, I've been around you a couple times at, I think, Las Vegas and surfaces. Um, and, you know, uh, Keith is, if you never met him, I think he's like six, seven, six, six. <laughs> I, I'm six, four. And you, I, I think you're, you know, you're bigger than me. And he's, you know, intimidating to be around, to be honest. But when you start talking to him, you know, he's like a gentle giant and a really friendly guy and just got this nice, peaceful vibe or energy about him. Um, what, what kind of, you know, things have you done or do you have to do on a you know, help somebody that's maybe struggling with controlling their, you know, disquieting thoughts in their head. Um, what can you tell somebody, inspire somebody to kind of um, give them some idea of how you controlled your anger and kind of transition? Is it a daily fight? Is it a daily struggle or, or do you have it kind of under control now? It used to be a daily thing when I was younger, but uh, martial arts, jujitsu, and just quality of life. Um, I see a lot of stuff on social media and stuff like that. And it's so fake in life. It's like my best advice is tell people, even though I do the same thing and I get sucked into it too, put it down and go enjoy your family. man. Yeah. I mean, I take, we keep our fifth wheel up at a seasonal spot up at Bucks Lake, which is one of the most beautiful places in, in the United States, I think. And uh, we go up there usually every Friday or Thursday and we sit there till Sunday night or Monday and we come down and just the, the energy, the heart rate and just the happiness of having a good time, enjoying your kids, enjoying your family. That stuff's important. I mean, yeah. uh, it's, it, it just, it helps just slow everything down. One of the big things I do is jujitsu. It doesn't matter if you're six foot 20 and weigh 700 pounds. There's a guy that's four foot two that'll wrap you up and humble you like that. And, um, for that, it's, it's just being humbling. I mean, you take somebody who's been through so much in his life and, and handed a lot of people, their butts in life and stuff like that of, in, in that kind of industry of fighting and stuff. And then you start learning a technique that anybody could come in and it's more technique over strength and uh, ability. It, it's humbling. And I mean, the mixture of jujitsu training people, making people feel healthy about themselves. It gives me an accomplishment because I see them gain something that they've never gained before. So I guess it comes down to positivity, man. Surround mm. yourself with positivity and uh, it weeds out all the other stuff. And yeah. I mean, I, I pick my battles a lot, lot, lot more now as I got older and stuff, but quality of life is huge. I mean, you don't have to keep up with the Joneses. Successful doesn't mean money. Successful means here. Yeah. You can have all the money in the world, but if you die, what are you going to do with it? You know, yeah. I've, sat down with two people that passed away from cancer in the last couple of years. And I've told this to a few people and I asked them two gentlemen, they were both very successful, very successful. And I said, if you had a chance to take anything back, man, what would you do? And both of them told me that they would take everything back to have the time with their family that they missed trying to be successful. And before you knew it, they were both on their deathbeds. So that took, that took a lot of heart to me. It took a lot of soul to me and, and, and thought and stuff. And I just try to enjoy my family. I don't work weekends. Um, I don't work later than five o'clock in the afternoon anymore, unless it's like a, a greed freaking crunch time or something of that yeah, nature. Yeah try to just clock my clock. And, uh, if I can't make it and be successful doing that, then what's the American dream, you know, what's the point? Yeah. 
No, those are good, wise words. Thanks for sharing, Keith. I appreciate it. Well, Keith, uh, I truly appreciate you taking the time out of your your busy day to share this with everybody. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm really pleased with, you know, uh, the direction we took it and let it go. And thank you for sharing again. Looking forward to I'm not a problem. Uh, looking forward to continuing to watch you uh, grow and uh, inspire others. Yep. Now I'm getting old and got to have hip surgery and all the other fun stuff. Oh yeah. How, how old are you by the way? <laughs> I'm only 40, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, my leg is shot. I went to an orthopedic a week ago and it's my third, uh, third opinion. And he just came in and he said, I'm not going to beat around the bush, man. You need to replace your leg. I was like, ah, your hip, you mean, or your, <laughs> what I want to do. yeah, your hip. Yep. Left hip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but, it is what it is, man. And I appreciate you guys having me on here at any time. Uh, I'm always willing to sit down and talk with people, man. It's it's a journey in life, and we all got to gotta figure out how to make it work for each and every one of us. Right on. So true. All right, Keith. Well, enjoy your day. Tile friends, uh, thanks for watching and listening. Stay profitable out there. See you, man.